Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of It's Easy Sun. About two weeks ago, I had a, a four guests on the show to talk about the life and legacy of, uh, the legacy, I should say, of Dr. Dorothy Kauzayansi at Johnson C. Smith. And that turned out to be something that you guys really appreciated, the banter back and forth, the different perspective on a singular topic. And um, we're here this week to follow up on that suggestion, if you will, or that feedback. Joining me today are three prior guests. Uh, I've heard from all of you on their appearances on the podcast, and they have left indelible marks on each of you, not only for their humility, but their love for the sport of soccer, what we call football, but more importantly, the work they're doing with young people, uh, teaching them life skills and the ability to look forward to their futures by playing the game, the beautiful game as we call it. So with me today are three former guests, uh, Mr. Woolley Harris, Mr. Gregory Simmons, and Mr. Andre Virtue. Um, I don't know how we pulled this off, but you know, as I say, God looks out for fools and babies, and I'm not a baby, but they're all here with me this week, and this is definitely going to be a fun episode. You've all heard about their backgrounds from the previous podcast, but today we're going to talk more about their collective wisdom, their collective sense of purpose, and more importantly, how they feel about the sport and where the sport is going. This should be a fun hour, ladies and gentlemen. And without any further ado, I welcome my three guests to the podcast this week, Mr. Harris, Mr. Simmons, and Mr. Virtue. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Hey, good evening. Thanks for having us, Jerry. Awesome. Awesome. So glad that you guys could join us. So what we're going to do is a little bit different than the regular podcast. We're not going to go through uh, your story. What we want to hear from today is your vision, your thoughts, and get us started by just by way of background of the, your, the sport of football and your love for football. And quite frankly, why do you love the sport? So we're going to go in this order for all of the questions, and then hopefully we'll get to a free-flowing conversation fairly soon. So let me start with you, Wole. Tell us um, your background and love for football. You know, what, what, why do you love this sport so much? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting question. I, did, I think all of us are going to have a challenge answering that question. But overall, I think football is tantamount to life. I think through the sport, every all of us have experienced uh, some challenges, and uh, in our in our personal life, we we've, we've run upon the same challenges. And you know, and just the the only thing that changes is just the the, the specifics of it. You know, but the 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 fundamental is still the same. Whether it be an emotional thing, whether it be a psych, you know psychological thing, whether it be a physical thing. Um, and, you know, obviously tactics is strategy, you know, so how you tackle those problems is, is a part of part of life as well. So for me, my love for the sport is, is definitely because I see the parallels to life. Um, the dynamism of the sport is same in life. You know, you never could tell what, what's going to happen the next day. Every day is a new day to reinvent yourself. Like every game is a new game with different problems. So I think that's what really attracted me to the sport at a very early age. I was introduced by my dad, who was my mentor and, and hero at the time. And um, and, I, and I had different different influences as well. You know, I mean, uh, Waga Hunt uh, is an influence. Marvin Ventura is, is an influence. And uh, Donald Chinloy was a very early influence in my, my you know, embryo stages, so to, so to put, it, put it, so to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, different people have, have influenced my decision making over time. But football, to me, is is decision making in a, in a dynamic environment. And, you know, life is dynamic. So that's why I really love the sport, because you come up with different solutions to different problems. And 
it involves you know interacting with people and a social aspect of it that's it's it's it it helps me to evolve so that's why i love the sport all right okay see so where we're going with this conversation greg how about you why why do you love this sport why why you love this sport so much uh yeah you know because again it's a, it's a sport that i grew up with it's a passion of mine you know it was it was in my blood for my father uncles that played the sport um it was something as i always talked about as a young young boy and my brother played so just fell in love you know fell in love with the game and as um as i grew as well they said it takes you to different parts of the world and you meet different people it really molds the person you are um it introduces you to so many different things um but the competition side the mental side of the game i mean you get injured or you don't make a team different different aspects of the game that um and the passion of the game and you watch it at the next level and you play it and competing um it's it just something that's in my blood and i love it you know i don't see myself doing anything else i just remember you know my my dad was a football player but my mom was you know really on the educational side of things and um you know they really pushed me to that and I, you know my passion was always football i used to get <clears throat> you know if i don't have good grades in school my mom would say yo you can't play today you can't go training yet. but i used to sneak out and go play anyway so from a young age i just knew football was my life i told my mother yo whatever if i'm gonna if i don't make it as a professional player i'm gonna be coaching i'm gonna be you know Shit, get cleaning people boots some somewhere in the game. I was gonna be in the game if, if I was gonna own my own business or be the president or owner of any professional football team. It was it's just in my life. There's no option, you know. My, my wife now, which Nicole at the time, she was concerned early on. I was like, yo, it's either me, you either you have to choose football, you have to fall in love with the game too, if you want to fall in love with me. That's just me. Take it or leave it. So yeah, from a young age, I knew it was my passion and my life. So. Um, and, it, and it will be to bid me for the rest of my life. So it's, I love it. No question. All right. I, I, as I said, I can see where this conversation is going. Andre, how about you? Why, why you love this game? You heard Woolley and you heard Greg. Yeah, you know, so much of, so much of who I am, um, the sport has brought persons before me. So you hear Woolley talking. I mean, I grew up watching Woolley play ball, yeah, um, as a you know, so was there before me. So you listen to Wolde's story, you listen to Greg's story, you kind of say, you see yourself in it. I mean, so much of what they said is so much of, 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 of me. Um, but I think some, just um, I, I echo what they are saying, um, but one of the things for me is relationships, you know. Um, when you look at what Greg and Wolde, I mean, we've been, we've known each other and we've played ball together from then and we're still friends. Um, when you go into society now, when you ask perhaps about friends, how many people say I've known this person for 40 years? I mean, there's no... When you talk about that, the trust level, the respect level, um, the families that have been extended, we call each other... I mean, their parents are my parents, you know? I mean, that kind of thing. And then, I mean, for me, football created that. Football created a family vibe. It created a community that outside of your own family, you had an extension, extended family. And anywhere you went, they looked for you as if it was their own children. And the power of the game, you know, inspires that to happen. You, you, you kind of want to make that happen for somebody else, you know. Um, ex ex the experiences that you had together, I mean, the wins, the losses, all of those things are, 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 are there, you know. Uh, as Wilder said, it, your life lessons and each day, each game is a, is a new 
a new challenge, but you face that challenge with a remarkable sense of, you know, I can do this or, you know, this can happen for someone else. Um, so for me, um, it, it really is just how the sport inspires change, transformation. It makes everything different. Um, once it's intentional, once you love it and you're passionate about it, you know, you, you, can, you can see the possibilities. And again, again, where would I be that can have that kind of influence? You drop a ball anywhere in, in Jamaica, you drop it in any community, you're guaranteed to have boys running after, and no girls running after that ball. So it's just a message that comes with it. And I think all three of us got tremendous messages from mentors, coaches, other teammates and opponents, and that has shaped us. Yeah. Well, you know, something interesting, all three of you have been just writing some notes and words as you guys are speaking. And I wrote down dynamism, dynamism, not dynamism. Football is strategy for life, relationships, make it happen for someone else, transformation. Now, when I look at the careers that you guys have, post your college days, high school days, now into your profession, if you will, how do you see all of these features are our character traits you just laid out? Is that what driving you guys now to do what you do as passing this knowledge on, coaching, things of that nature? So, Andre, you and Greg are doing it at, at a younger level. You will let you know at a more senior professional level. But underlying all of that is that what's driving you guys to do what you do now with ballers, own touch, and you, you will it professionally there in Colorado. I don't know who you want. Who you want to yes, go first? Yes, <laughs> you first. Wouldn't first? Uh, I, for me personally, on a personal level, I I just wanted to push myself to the you know stepping out of the game, playing it, and then going on to the coaches side. I think I just wanted to take it to the, the in in the same vein as I took um, playing playing the game professionally. I wanted to go to the highest level, and uh, now I'm at the highest level in the United States. It's now becoming proficient at it, the best at it that I could can be. And in the first year, there's a lot of learning there. You know, uh, uh, so much learning that I almost feel like, um, you know, just I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, what drives me is to be is to be the best, you know, and the competition of it, um, competing against other teams and, you know, making the people that are around me better than they were before by gaining the knowledge that I can pass on. Um, that is that is the, the, the biggest driver for me is watching, you know, people that are now participating in the sport, helping them to get to a better version of themselves. And the team and the collective is, is, is you know, is, is pushed up because of it, enhanced because of it. Um, so that's what drives me now, you know, nowadays in, in this, in, in this, um, at this level of the sport. You said something interesting. I want to follow up on what you just said. Now you hear people get B license, A license and all this, and it's like, it's a goal. Yeah, you, you need to get that. Well, you said something very interesting. You are now at the highest level, but you just said that sometimes you don't even know what it is. For some people, that would almost sound almost blasphemous because you you get that A license at the top, so you reach, you arrive, right? I think I think once you once you once you stop evolving, you die. Mm. Once you once you're out of it, once you stop evolving, then complacency sets in. The ego kicks in and you're at the top and you know there's always something to learn uh, there's never a finish line so for me it's that's my attitude and my that's my approach to 
to everything in life, you know, and including the, the sport that I'm participating in being a coach. I have to keep learning, I think. <laughs> and that's uh, actually a parallel to life. You know, once you feel like you know you know everything, then something smacks you in the face and you learn that hey, you don't know everything, you know. So you have to be constantly learning. You're not only a teacher, but you're more so, more so a student all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I ask you that question because I'm going to tie it back to a later question in the interview. So, Greg, what, what's driving you and doing what you're doing with Own Touch? Because you actually... You and Andre at this stage, you guys are actually shaping lives. So what's the driver there for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the driver for me is just to give back to the game um, from the experiences that I've had. Um, there's a lot of youth. There's so much talented players out there that their journey has, hasn't been in the right direction. So they don't get to full, really fulfill their potential. And that's a real driving force for me. And another big piece is that really drives me is to try and create more fans of the game. Meaning by any kid that comes in our program has to enjoy the game. I don't care what level they make it to. Obviously they come in and we want them to be the best that they can be. Not saying we're trying to make them to be pros or top college players. We want them to come and enjoy the game and have fun. And even if whatever level they get to, they become fans and they support MLS. They support, you know, just become big fans of, of the sport. Because I believe my passion, again, is to really help the U.S. fan base and, and really be a part of this generation that helps the sport um, take over from football and basketball. And, you know, I'm, so for me, every time I use come through my, my program, you know, it's just, that's what drives me, is to get them not only to become a better player, but become a huge fan of the game and become a better person. I know Will has mentioned multiple times that also drives me is the, the sport helps you in life, right? It's, it prepares you for what life is. So, you know, I'm not the type where every kid gets a trophy, you have to earn it. Um, if we have juggling competition, you're not, you know, the winner gets a prize, not the second place and third place. So I believe in in earning, you know, yeah, you have to put yeah. in the work, you have to put in extra hours if you want to achieve anything. And that's life, right? You can't you can't just um, expect to be good or great without putting in extra work. Um, so again, so when I started it, it was, you know, a lot of kids were just training twice a week for an hour for their teams. And parents was like, you know, we want full scholarships. So the whole, the whole culture was very warped to me. Um, because as again, growing up in Jamaica, our culture, we weren't in an organized setting, but we always playing. We've been on the street, you're always touching a ball, kicking a box. It's just part of who I was. And it was baffling to me that kids were only playing twice a week, an hour and a half. They don't do nothing else. Mm. Um, so on the, on the football side, is is I needed them to respect the game. So if you want to play this game, you have to put in the hours and you have to do it and enjoy doing it at the time. Um, so that's what drives me is just to make sure kids have a good time playing the game. They're so passionate that I want to play every day. Um, and whatever level they get them, get them, but it's part of the commitment as we talk about in life. You know, if you're gonna do something, do it right and put in the put in the time. So so yeah, so that's that's my driving force right now. Yeah. So well said, I mean, this thing about having the winners only get a trophy. That's actually pushing back against the norms right now. You know, everybody gets a trophy. So I can imagine you get a little bit of flack for that. I can imagine that. Yeah, but it's 
That's who I am. So if you don't like <laughs> join another program, <laughs> this program's not for you. <laughs> right, 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 right. You have a lot of options in America. Choose a different one. Yeah. All right, all right. Well said, well said. Andre, this question, your response. What, what's, what's driving you in this thing? You heard Woolley and Greg. Yeah, um, you know, Greg and Woolley are in the States, right? Um, there, there, there's something that drives me about the lack of... Um, how, how the sport is viewed here in Jamaica. Um, it's, you hear the terms patty shop, unprofessional, lack, limitations. And, um, you know, so many of us would probably go through a system, you know, you know self-preservation, you get a nice work, you take care of yourself. And if you think about that, if, if everybody does that, then how is that going to change? So my, my driving thing is that, you know, you can't be on the outside, on the sidelines, being the coach in the stands, talking about everything that is wrong and not immersing yourself into the nitty gritty of the problems. Because even in, in, in corporate, everywhere you go, you know, you have a person who says, I started off with Jonathan and I'm now the CEO. And he'll tell you every single journey that he went on. He knows what it means to get up early, you know what it means to have not a little, have a lot. And so for me, going in the grassroots, starting with the nothing, going through, there's nothing that somebody could say to me that I am not saying. And I say it to my staff, I say it to my, um, my coaches, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm personally not prepared to do myself. So if that is turning off the lights, if that's coming very early, staying very late, if that is marking the field, cutting the grass. Um, so my motivation is to, um, to be an example of what, the change is it that we want to see in the sport. Mm. No longer can you just sit down on the sidelines and just issue orders because Jamaica hears that from the politicians, it hears it from everybody about what you should do, could do, must do, but there's no example of it. There's nobody seeing it being done. And so I don't want to be in a space. I can um, I can speak about it too, but I also want to live it. You know, So I constantly am driven by that reality that um, a young man wants to see that. They see our entertainers. They see, um, you know, that's what they see. And so that's what they want to become. But where is the professional footballer who went to prep and primary school, who graduated, who went to, um, did their, their subjects, went to college, um, graduated, came back, and is coaching the game or is involved in the game at some way. Where's that example? Where's that story? So, I mean, Gregory's story, Wilder's story is powerful, right? And we need more of our Jamaicans to hear those stories to say, hey, Wilder's background is not my background, is not Gregory's background, but you can, somebody's going to like Wilder's story. Somebody's going to like my story. But they don't have many of those stories. So, what happens to them? They have to find something else to, to, be gravi to gravitate towards. Um, so my motivation every day is to um, answer the call of, of, of um, you know, ensuring that you live in the same environment like everybody else, but you operate in a different um, value system. You operate um, in a space where you, you believe that everyone that comes into your um, hands, that you can be able to help to inspire them to be great, um, irregardless of their background. Um, and to be able to use the, the, the game as a, as a teacher, because I learned from everybody in that game you know and um we both of them both of um greg and willis spoke about how it mirrors life the referee you have to respect our authority the coach is our authority and when you look in our country nobody respect nobody so how do you how do you get a player who play a practice game today and referee make a call him take the ball and fling it down in the ground and i pull him aside and i say if you do that you're going to come off on my field no him look at you but there's nobody who's stopping him and telling him that 
they would allow him to do that and then him reach to play Jamaica final game to go to the World Cup and him do the same thing referee game a yellow card two yellow card red card we're down 10 men with the most important game of our life so you can't wait till it gets to that point you have to start as young as possible to help to to mold them so that's my um, I guess for the season and the time I'm in, that's my motivation. I, I, I want to live it and I want to be an example that can see it and them can hear it and them can say I can identify because this is somebody who is not in a book, not on a TV screen, but him right here beside me. Yeah. You know, it's something very interesting. And I think this, this actually dovetails right into the next question I wanted to ask. Um, ever since I left uh, school, college, and... I went to 1996, went back to Jamaica to try to help to bring words and messages to Jamaica in general about what we need to do to start helping our young people. The discipline you got, you talk about, Andre, the, the, the tenacity Greg spoke about and what Woolley talked about in terms of the life skills. But to me, this is me, and I want to get your reactions. I, we're, we're, we're all Jamaicans here tonight, born and raised. I just can't see where the thing is taking root that people throughout the various levels, if you will, forget about not only football, but take any sport, track, cricket. It doesn't seem to be taking root that even though you have the examples and you have people, what you guys are trying to do through the sport in and of itself, it's not taking root. What, what do you think is at the root of us not getting it, that's number one. And number two, what would be your thoughts around getting people outside of your spheres to see what you guys are talking about now in Jamaica proper? What would it take in your estimation? And let's go, let's go the opposite way. Let's go Andre, Greg, and Wolde. Um, you know, sometimes we sow a seed, um, Jerry, and we can't see it. And we believe that there is no growth. Um, but some things have to grow down before um, it grows up, you know, and, and there's, for some things it goes very deep because of what has to happen. Jamaica is a very special country, very unique. Um, and so what happens in another country with the circumstances, situation is not Jamaica. So, um, you know, sometimes it, it, it outlives us. Sometimes the work, I mean, it just passed for a moment. The both Patricks, my father, Gerg's father, and both Jumpy Harris, the work that they did, you're looking at you're looking at fruit right now because right. years and somebody would say it don't make no sense it's a waste of time but it can't be look at the impact that Wolde is making on a grand scheme look at Gregory look at me so we've gone and making a difference now you, to, to bring it back home um, the, the, the challenge is that um, I, I would say the lack of the lack of vision um, the, 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 un, the, the unwillingness to collaborate and to work together um, kind of hinders some of those things from happening because there is that ego, there is that self, there is about what I can do and um, you know if you take a parallel from the sport, no matter how good a player you are, you need your teammates. Um, but we don't see each other as teammates. Even the person who is playing against us in Jamaica mentality is my enemy. Not my opponent, is my enemy. And so you get an inbreded nature where that man is dead. And I'm going to tackle him and make sure his foot broke. But I want to go to a game where Wolde Harris from Kingston College is playing against me at Jamaica College. And I know Wolde is going to come and bring him A game. So you know what I'm doing every day? I'm working behind the scenes to get my A game up. 
And if I clash with Wolde, the best of me is going to come out. If Wolde come with anything less than his best, I will never see my best. So in a, in a Jamaican environment, though there's competition, it's what kind of competition? There's nothing wrong in having multiple academies, multiple clubs, multiple organizations. But how do we collectively see the bigger picture and realize, look, we have to come together for the sake of what we want to achieve? So why is it not working? I believe that the, the unwillingness for us to recognize that we are stronger together. And no matter what individual gifts or talents you have, you can only go so far with that individuality. Um, brand Jamaica, brand reggae boys, you put that, you walk anywhere in the world and you speak about those things. It has an impact that the Minister of Tourism don't even understand the impact yet. The government, the Prime Minister don't understand the impact. We have traveled all over the world and you just say you're a Jamaican and I mean it sounds like we're cocky and whatever but when you, when you realize the relationships that are formed and the respect that people have for you, just by you just say, you don't do anything yet. I'm just from Jamaica. <laughs> well, you know, um, that, that for me, I, I, I think seeds are sown. They're going to go, go down before they grow up. And so you, can, you just have to keep watering them. You have to be patient um, in that process. But while you're doing that, there has to be collaboration. And there has to be a call to the vision of something bigger than what you're doing yourself. Yeah. You know, them have that whole idea, you know, difference between a vision and an idea. Idea come and go, but vision require sacrifice. Yep. And how much are we willing to sacrifice? Greg, what, what are your thoughts on that question about, you know, what, what hinders us from coming together to really, we have all of these great athletes and, you know, world beaters in almost everything. But when it comes to football, we seem to can't get it together. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's funny you ask this question because this is another huge passion of mine that's, that's and I told you in our last conversation, you know, this is a top of my priority right now. Um, and I think I think to sell the vision is the key. Like a plan is another key. Um, and for me, you have to have the resources. You, you can't just go in and say, oh, I want to do this and try to have a meeting with this man and this man and that man. You have to have some serious resources. When I talk resources, I'm talking funding. It's just like any brand, any any entity, anything you want to invest in, you have to have resource, you have to have funding. Jamaica brand is so strong and there's no, and I'm, I'm shocked, there's no huge business-minded person with funding that sees that and has tried to tap into that. I may be talking too loud now, somebody will hear me, but, but that's my vision. I think there's so much potential in Jamaica. The brand is so strong that um, we just need some serious backing and that's something I've been working on for the last 10 years. Um, and it's getting close. And I told you the last time. Mm -hmm. um, and my vision, when I get into something, it's not no small, hey, make a call, JFF, and beg them. No, I'm not. I'm coming in with the resources to make things happen, not asking any question. Again, who is on board? You're on board if you're not. We're going to fight. We're going to compete. Because there's too much talented youngsters in Jamaica. It hurt my heart to see that wasted. The talent's been wasted. Um, and we're not giving them any options. These kids have no options. Um, and just being in the U.S. to see how many options and opportunities these kids have that don't have half the talent, not even three quarters of the talent that is in Jamaica. And as a Jamaican, it bothered me. So that's my driving force right now. Um, and I told you in the last conversation, that's a huge passion of mine. And behind the scenes, I'm working quietly 
to try and make something happen and God willing it work. That's just my question. That's saying, um, you know, if it's going to happen, but I believe in that because uh, anything I put my mind to and I feel strongly about it and God is putting it in my heart and every day I wake up, that's a driving force. And again, the resources is coming. Um, some serious backing that's coming and some big projects that's, that's on the table. Um, so just pray those things work out. But again, you have to have the vision. You have to go in there with, with some serious um, resources and just go do your own thing. Go buy land, get a school, get all the kids, give them all the resources that they need, top world-class facilities, and the sky's the limit. That's yeah. the only way to do it. You can't go in there and try and work. You don't, from my conversation with Andre, and even my experience here in the U.S., trying to work with people sometimes with a vision that doesn't suit them, or it's not a, it's not a, um, something that's easy, or something that they're passionate about. People don't really jump on it because I have a serious passion. Andre, have a very, we have very similar passions that we have to do it ourselves, and it takes time. As I said, as Andre said, I forgot deeper before you can go up, and that's the only way. So you know. Talk, talk, and talk, talk. I can't do that. So anything that I want to, I have to just you have to just do it yourself. You can't. You, you, want do it. It, you have to do it yourself, and that's my life journey right now. Yeah, you know it's funny because I tell people around me all the time when they hear people talking, I say it's very hard to think big when small has you. And um, people, they get it after they leave my presence and they call me back and say, "I get, I get what you're saying," and you're yeah. absolutely right. We, we, we don't um, evolve uh, from where we are comfortable if we're just thinking small. But, uh, you know, you're a big thinker. So I, I, I'm joining you in the prayer, sir, and what that is. So yeah, but the vision, vision, also, one more thing, yeah. the other thing is, is not just what's in Jamaica. You talk about the world as me, the Andy. We have so much more resources outside that yeah. I've even really tapped into them. I even even linked them yet. I have to wait till everything is done and I present them with something because... I know what I call would it have to present right. You can't just be now, right? And I'm not into that either. But on Tyrone, the same thing. It's not going to be now small fry thinking. I'm not going to do it if it's going to be that yeah. mentality. But again, there's so much resources, resources outside of Jamaica that all of us want to help big time. But we're not going to work with jokers. We can't have time for that. <laughs> End of the day. So. I hear you, Greg. I hear I'm passionate. You. I'm passionate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey that's why. Well, I'm don't here. don't be sorry about nothing, my youth. It's, 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 you have to tell you the truth, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so awesome. Ole, what what are your thoughts on this question? Um, you you talked about what hinders us, right? I don't remember the second part of the question because I was just I was enthralled with what these <laughs> two gentlemen are saying. Um, so if you could remind me of the second part of the question, that'd be no, good. No, it's just you know you, you're getting on it. What what hinders us from coming together and creating something where our natural abilities, our athleticism, mm -hmm. our resources in terms of the love of the sport, sports in general in Jamaica, we all played sports. You, you know, you go out in your community, you take, from you take off your diaper, something drop at your foot, a football, mm -hmm. a bat, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so to me, it seems almost natural that there needs to be something that we can continue to evolve. You know, when you, when you look at all of the people that come through, you know, I know Bancroft Garden here in, in the US, and you look at scholar, sportsman, played so many sports. I look at him sometime and I'm like, wow, there are many Bancroft Gardens out there. But somehow we seem to get mud around our ankles 
and we can't seem to come together to have a shared vision, understanding a rising tide lifts all boat. So what are your thoughts on, on, on that dynamic? Uh well, as a person that's been outside the country for a very long time, I mean, lived for country for lived for Jamaica for however long, eight years, nine years, or all of the youth soccer, all of that stuff, and experience with both Andre and and Greg, and I, you know, I, I agree with them 100%. Some of it, um, you know, as Andre alluded to, you don't see in your lifetime. You know, you sow the seeds, but you, you know, as he alluded to, my father coached a lot of players that are now playing. Or have played like Andy, all of us that's on, on the on the call right now have played under his tutelage, um, Mr. Virtue, likewise, you know. Um, so some of it you don't see in a lifetime. So yes, there's steps. I think there's steps that have been taken and there's there's fruits, you know. Obviously, we're on the call right now and we've all came up through the system. So there's there's fruits, but we may not be able to see that till we gone. You know, there, that's when it when it arrives, you know, but it it, it takes each of us doing our little part in, in, in creating that for the next generation. You know, whether it's having a conversation and they hear all three or four of us talking about it and then we inspire somebody um, because of it drew, through our words, they become motivated even though they don't have the resources. You know, and I, and I agree with, with Greg with that is that the resource, there is a constraint there in terms of the resources, but there's also a constraint in terms of mentality. In that, you know, our, our mentality is to get ourselves forward first and see ourselves through and then we can sit to somebody else. Whereas Andre is at the level where he's, he's giving back even some of the things they don't have, he must have to create those resources, you know. So him himself can inspire some of these kids by just seeing how diligently he works without the resources, but yet still creating that. And they can look at myself and Greg and say, well, they came through that type of hardship and they put in the hard work so therefore they got to where they're going through the hard work, you know? So I don't, I don't believe that it is not, it's not going that direction. I think it's going that direction because if you look at the amount of scholarships that Jamaicans are getting, you know, even the kid Brown that is playing for the Jamaican national team now that went through USF, you know, there's a lot of kids, Daman and myself, all these gentlemen that are here, got scholarships from playing for Jamaica or playing, somebody scouted them, you know, even more so than the generation before that and the generation before that. You know, there's more scholarships and more opportunities now than there were before. So I'm saying that, yes, there, it's, it's, I think it's small steps being taken. As far as what we want to see, we might not see it in our lifetime. You know, in that the mentality of our, our and, and some of our culture shift to the point where we're more collective rather than being concerned with the self. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that's that's a lot to be done with with education as well, because I think we need to push education more in our system in order for our footballers at the end of the day to become better footballers. Because at the end of the day, football is decision making. At the end of the day. That's all it is, decision-making. Yes, you have the technical skills, you have the physical capacity, you have the, you have the love for doing this, this thing that is a sport that you play the leather ball, but at the end of the day, you have to make a decision. And those collective decisions will decide whether somebody see and say, yes, this person can make decisions for the, the collective that I have, you know? And it comes from the top. There's a top-down, I think it's a top-down thing, and I know Andre is at the bottom, and in terms of grassroots, um, you know, teaching the sport and teaching the fundamentals, and so is Greg. Um, but at the end of the day, it's decision-making. So I think there's a big educational component that is, is somewhat not being, being, being pushed forward 
as the the real the real driver behind how far you go because you're going to have to make if you if you ask any Jamaican youth right now they want to play professional football and you know if you know professional football is getting paid to, to play the sport right so how you handle money can you handle money can you handle time management can you handle you know um the 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 tactics that the coach put forward can you analyze what's going on and then come up with a a, a solution to the problem you know so i think it is multifaceted what we're looking at not just one thing and i think each of us are at a level where we're helping to move the sport forward and i think we're in, also inspiring by just being in the positions that we are i think andre is on the ground floor being in the environment because the environment itself is a constraint you know and you have to work through those constraints and and teach people how to solve those or find creative solutions to those constraints you know the feeling them to even open their minds to the vision you understand because otherwise it's, it's just what's in front of me right now that is you know i can't get past that you can't even see past it so how are you going to even imagine to move out of that zone you know, so I think it's a, it's a multifaceted thing. And I think, um, as I said before, there's a lot of people on the ground. So right now, we have like multiple academies in Jamaica that wasn't there when we were growing up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there wasn't academies there. There wasn't people thinking about, yeah, there was people thinking about development, but there's very small pockets. Now is a bigger conversation, mm -hmm. you know? So I think, yes, we're on the right track, but being our, the culture, the way it is, and the environment that we have there, I think it's going to take multiple generations for us to move out to the self and into the collective and moving forward as as one group um, and having those things fit into place that you can have sustainability and hang, have longevity going forward. But I think we're on, we're on a good track. It's just going to take a lot of time. It's interesting. And you guys are being politically correct, but I'm going to have to ask you all a question. Um, you know, I'm in higher education and everything that I do is based on a plan. Um, we look we look at five to 10 year plans and all kinds of stuff. So I will ask a question in a very general way. If if you had a, a magic one or you had all of your, all of the druthers that you need to quote unquote address the sport in Jamaica, the pipeline out of Jamaica into Europe, US, wherever they go, you know, to play football professionally and you were the head, what would what would you do given what you see today, right now, 2021, November 2021? What would be your plan um, or a sketch of a plan to address all facets of that? I'll start with Greg on this one. Yeah, so for me, again, it starts from the bottom, the grassroots, right? So for me, it's still, again, it takes a lot of funding. So it would be a huge um, academy, soccer school, as you call it, um, where you have a campus, you have facilities, fields, kids live on, you have coaches live and you have teachers, a school, right? This is like the academies in Europe. And to get them at a young age um, and just change the whole culture and put them in a proper professional environment. It starts from nine, eight years old. You can't start trying to change lives at 14, um, even six, start some, have some grad, just change, culture needs to be changed. And the only way to change that is to have a special program, school where they're in their own campus and their own culture. And it's, it's a pathway, you show them the pathway that, as you said, just like you go into school, you go to 
prep school and you know it's the same pathway and you have proper professional teachers and proper professional soccer coaches and it's the right environment i think that our kids deserve that there's no reason there's so much talent again there's so much world-class talent that they deserve that right so that's the only way i mean it's, it's going to be very hard if you want to change it within the next 20 years it's going to take that I mean, as well as said, it's generations. This is as there is changes, but it's too slow for me because I see too many kids being wasted, and it bothers me. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's the plan. That will be a plan to have a proper. There's so many. I mean, Jamaica is beautiful. There's a lot of land. There's a lot of places where you can find this and, and build a campus for them. You know, and and. I just change their lives and give them opportunities. I'm, I'm telling you, resources throughout this whole world would want to be a part of that. That's how strong Jamaica brand is. They love us. Everybody loves Jamaica. <laughs> but we have to, we have to, we have to put it in a right professional environment for people to want to be involved. People have time to waste, right? And I don't invest time into you know something that's just you know, it's just something that you hope and wish for. You gotta have yeah. a plan. As I said, you have to have a long-term plan, you have to present it. You have to show them detail for detail, light item by light item, the plan, the 20-year plan. And people jump on that. They're not going to say, I have a plan. I want this something here. Nobody's going to invest in that. You have to have a proper plan. So I think that would be, again, that's my vision. And that's the only way I think I can have, actually, we all can make an impact right away. Yeah, yeah. Andre, how do you feel about that? You have, the, you have the, all the brothers you need and you have all of the resources you need. What does this look like? Yeah, I mean, Greg touched on some stuff. I mean, um, the, the, the reality of it is um, a lot of what Greg um, shared um, is true. And, um, you know, you, you, would, you, would, you, you would set something up like that. But I think when you look at development, um, there is infrastructure, there is the administration, there is the, um, you know, the technical side of stuff, there is the, f the facilities. Um, all of those things have to be presented. So, you know, you talk about different investors, you talk about different people contributing and giving. Each person is going to come and say, well, in order for something like that to work, you need to have a strong administration. Now, when we look, sometimes we, we spit out, we need um, to get the academy or we're going to get something. But you, you only think about the coach and the players and maybe the field. And you know that that is not enough. The backroom staff is so critical, your PR, your marketing, and so you have to then, in that vision, show how you're going to sustain, how you're going to promote it, how you're going to get it out there. And so you're going to need that kind of, you're going to need that type of mind that is involved. You're putting a board together, you're putting your advisors together. So when you do come and say it, you've thought about everything and you've included. So case in point, if the three of us, four of us are here online and you have a particular strength, he's going to head up this department, um, this group, um, Greg is going to head up this one. And in each one would have a plan. You know, this is what I'm going to do from administration because the game needs it, right? You can't just have all these great things and don't know how to administer it. But then also, I'm going to need um, a, a, a complete, well-professional coaching staff, you know, who is not just thinking about X's and O's, but how do you get them prepared for the professional life? How do you get them prepared for there? And well, I can tell you, it's not just turning up on a game day and, and showing them some stuff on, on, on the video and go play. You know, there's so much to that. So where is coaching staff? Where have they been prepared? How are you going to prepare them? How are you going to have continuous um, growth of coaches coming in that are going to keep that, um, that, that, that philosophy of that academy going and, and keep it going? Um, 
So I, I, I do believe that it's, it's all of those things being presented that will show it. Um, we are short-term thinkers as culturally. Um, and so to, 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 to break that, um, this is kind of why I said what I said earlier. If you are not in that space and saying, look, this is not just a recreation. This is a business, right? And how you view it and how you approach it is different. So you can't just turn up five minutes before a training session and blow two whistles and start training. <laughs> things before that so when you when you when you say when you say something to somebody and say hey, i need to be at the training going an hour before boy boss you want a system of this for do and that for do. i'm like well if you want to go to the next level you're going to have to change that mentality good so you know i i, I do believe it is a number of a number of what greg said in addition to the other com um, other other um, competencies that are needed when you're running a, a business. You know, you look at my, um, the big clubs, it's a business they're running. But that don't mean that they're not out there trying to win Champions League. Yeah, the sales, the revenue, um, the, the tickets, the t-shirt, the, the jersey sales. And we're not, as Gregory said, we're not just talking about the $3 million on the rack. Because if you have a, look at the Bob Marley um, jersey in Ajax Stadium. Yeah. Now, if you just took about 10% of the revenue of that, that is going to help to fund something. Got our music. You drop an entertainment tied to a, a game somewhere in Japan. You have sellout stadium. And so that, that kind of business mind going into how you... Greg said it, you have a brand in brand Jamaica and reggae boys. You're supposed to be monetizing those things. So that is feeding the thing. And you're not sitting on there waiting for people. People want to run to you. So that, that, that for me is where you have to change the, the, the wording. You have to change how you speak and asking and begging. and uh, Hey, this is who I am. I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. I am Messi. And do you want, you want to be a part of my brand? You don't. That's as simple as that. And if you don't want to be a brand, you're going to get left out. You want to get in now when, when, when the share price is, is low? You want to get in and you have to pay a big box for it. Um, so it's a, it's a mentality for us as leaders to think that kind of big, draw people in, and then help us to get there. That's, 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 my, that's my take. Yeah. Well, then you're closing this. This is our second to last question, but you're closing this one. Your thoughts. If you had your druthers and all that you've been through from the time we used to play rainball in Ilsham, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> Until now, if you had your druthers, what, what would you want to see? Um, um, I, I think I agree totally with Greg and I agree with, with Andre. I think um, both the, the plan is very, very extremely important because if you don't lay that out, then, you know, you're kind of just wondering, you know, you need to have something that you, you're working towards. And I think that's that's a major thing. I think Andre is touching on the staff and the competency of everybody that then comes up with that plan is very, very important because you bring expertise, you bring, you know, your own knowledge to it and the put, putting the professionals in, the, in, in each department that needs to be, you know, within the plan is very important so that you can obviously, you know, achieve those goals. Um, but immediately, I think um, within that plan, the first step I'd probably take is infrastructure. You know, you need fields, you need the environment, you need, um, and you need you need edu you need education. You need to to tie both the 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 business and the education and everything together. Uh, but I think you know really and truly education is a big part of it. You know because when people learn what it is about, why why you're doing the things that you're doing, then they can 
then I think the intrinsic motivation takes over. You know, um, people understand that you need schools so that the kids can understand what they're doing in class. And then when you when you go to the field, you apply the same principles in terms of homework. That is what you're doing when you practice, and the game is the test. You know, so I think tying with education and that together. But before anything else, I think you need the infrastructure. You need fields because without proper fields, then how you can teach proper technique, how you can teach proper without that in educational environment, how you can teach the right mentality. You know, how you can bring people together in the same environment so them can have one type of one thought. You know, so what I'm, I guess what I'm alluding to here is that we have to try to change the culture. We have to try to educate people on to, as to what it really takes in order to become sustainable over a long period of time, you know, and then put the plan together in order to execute that. Um, you know, but I think that the, the first thing I'll start with is, is, is the infrastructure. If the, if the plan don't come together all at once and you can take steps by step by step, Jamaica need fields. You need really good fields. You need fields where the ball is not bouncing all over the place so that you can become proficient at the skills that you need in order to execute in the sport. And, you know, obviously the educational part of it in terms of pushing the kids towards that is very, very important too, because how you approach dealing with, with you know, whatever problems you need to solve is the same way you're going to approach the, the game. And what we see out on the field a lot of the times is people trying to take shortcuts, which is which is cheating. Instead of doing moving your feet and getting this ball under control and playing a pass, you look for play it one time over your shoulder, which is impossible. You know, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think there's, yes, I think both gentlemen touch on some subject, but the first thing I'll start with, because everything else is going to take such a long time, is finding the funding to get the infrastructure up and then while you formulate the plan um, and put leadership in place here and there, you, you, you can see the, still see some steps taken on the field and, and you're going to work towards the funding because obviously Jamaica is a small country. Yes, we have multi-millionaires and billionaires in Jamaica, but you know we need to find a creative way to put, get those dollars out of their pockets into the sport and find a way to also you know help other people along the way as well. So. It's a multifaceted problem. If I had a magic wand, that's where I would start. And you start. Know, I would definitely put those things together that Andre and, and, and Greg mentioned because they're very they're integral to the, the longevity of it. Okay. Well, believe it or not, gentlemen, we're close to the hour. I told you guys it would run off fast. Uh, but I'm going to close out by getting sharing a little story that I heard the other day and then just asking you guys to leave leave this broadcast with some words of inspiration. I was privy to a conversation the other day and um, I live in America, but I'm very connected to Jamaica through my friends. And we were talking about the academies and there are multiple academies and so on and so forth. But even in the academies, the politics has crept in. And they, I'm hearing the stories of the, um, don't go over there, so come over here, so and leave this one and you come over here and them not good and the usual Jamaican thing. Um, the very disheartening for me because at the end of the day, it was after I spoke with you, Greg, and you, Andre, and to hear that that is actually happening, once again, just says to me, there's something that we're not getting. So my last question to each of you is, not question, just a, a, a request. I would like each of you to close us out by just talking to adults <laughs> about inspiration, 
the whole concept of a rising tide lifts all boat and how we can come together to really put in place what you gentlemen have been spoke, speaking about today. Now, what, what, what are those words of encouragement and wisdom and um, I would say charge to all adults, uptown, downtown, country, town, all of these dividing factors that we have always known growing up um, in Jamaica. What would be something that you'll share to pull everybody together so we can attempt to get on the same page? Let me start with, with let's start with Greg, Andre, and Wule, you can close us out. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing I think is, which is very, very, very important. And is that whatever we're doing to help is all about the kids, right? It's nothing to do with us. So if we take our pride out of it, um, it will make a big difference. Because um, I see it not just in not just in Jamaica; it's in the U.S. as well. It's territorial. It's, you know, this is my area. I move from there, come here. It's just I guess it's just a life issue. But at the end of the day, if we're doing things for the right reasons and we're doing it for the kids, there's no reason we can't work together, right? Only reason people don't want to work together is because it's about them. Right. So when you have kids, just like my kids in my life right now, my personal, my family, everything I do is for them. Every decision that I make is for them. It's not for me. My time over. I don't enjoy myself. Right. And it's the same thing in, 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 in our profession, in the, futsal, in the football and the youth is with these all different academies. It's not about you. It's about the kids. So if we can collaborate and put our minds together for the right reasons, it would help these kids. If we continue to be separated and fighting each other, it's affecting the kids' development. It's affecting them to reach, the per to, to reach their peak performance, their peak potential. If we continue to have a culture where we're fighting each other, adults are fighting each other, kids are learned, kids pick up on these things at a very young age. So that culture that we create, when they see that, it causes a problem. So. You know, we talk about Jamaica, we talk about one love, but where's the one love in these situations, right? Where is, where is us, where do we swallow our pride and, and our egos and do the right things for the youth? Um, I think that's important. I think once that comes around, um, it would help. But it seems like it's just a lot of people doing things for themselves. They're, they're trying to live their lives. They're, because they didn't reach a certain level in the sport or in just who they are. They want to live their lives through whatever they're doing. It's like, it's me, it's my program. Oh, my program big. It's never about the kids, it's about them. So that's a problem. So um, inspire, inspiration is just, if we can let go of our pride and just say, I will sacrifice my pride for this one kid. That means I will collaborate with you. And we obviously, you have to do the same. We have to meet in the middle and we work together. We might not agree on everything, but it's the right decision for these kids. Yeah. So I think once we get to that point, it's important that we do that. Yeah, well, well said, well said. Andre, your thoughts, your, your words? Uh, when it comes to people, um, I, I believe we have to think of it as an investment, you know, and um, I have said this a number of times that the greatest investment that one can make is investing in the lives of our people. Um, because, you know, we'll talk about education, I mean, that's an investment. You can't see it as a spend and it going cost. It's an investment. I mean, that there's going to be a return on it, right? Um, 
I think equally when you think about investment, you think about the people. Um, the reality of it is that you know, you know, there there there's so much greatness. So we have to serve people. You know, um, I'm I'm I believe to serve people into their greatness. You know, so the subcontext of the word serve means that I you know I pass in the ball to Wolde as my center forward. I can't pass it, but I have to serve him. And if I serve him good, so him get a good pass, he can do the great things he can. He can turn and and and, and score. What we tend to do is to you know fling you the ball or you know give you give you a, a thing that it's impossible for you to do anything with it you know and you talk about your helping but if you really have the mentality to serve people you, know, you have a mentality so the families that you have the people the kids that you are there the coaches and you're serving them into their greatness that's my that's one of the philosophies that i have you know i'm here to serve people into their greatness so my inspiration my charge to the persons that are there we are in our own lane doing our own thing but there comes a part where you have to stop and realize that, you know, you can't just live in, a, in, a, in, a, in your own little world. Um, and you have to serve others. You know, you serve others with the words that you speak. You serve others with the, the understanding and respect that there might be a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things. You serve others with the, the, with the respect to realize that, hey, I'm wrong. You know, I, 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 the way I did it was, was, was wrong and I, I, I'm sorry for doing that and I, I want to find a different way to do it. Those things are mature ways that is going to allow for us to move beyond the, the and help to change the culture that we talked about you know because that 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 makes you have to pause and reflect as an individual to say why would why would he do that you understand yeah i want to score the goals too you know but the reality of it is if i keep giving Wilder that ball and him keep getting it and him keep putting the back in it he's going to go down the wing and instead of scoring that goal i'm going to lay one back for me and i'm going to score and i'm happy with one goal will they need to get leading goal scorer for the season. But I'll take that one goal that may us win the championship. But it's a team effort nonetheless. You know, so I'm going to use the analogy of sports all the time because it is what is it is what can make a difference. And so for me, invest in people, serve them into their greatness. And that for me is an inspiration. Well said, well said. Will they want to close us out? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally respect what both Andre and, and Gregor say. I agree with hundred percent um and from what i get from it you know as i said when i'm looking at it i see a lot of the issues are cultural you know it's who who we have been and where we're coming from and the mentality but you know as andre alluded to it's all about becoming a little bit more selfless you know it's not about you and it's really about the future which is the the child that is coming up afterwards and really laying the seeds for them to become better than what was there before you know, and for that, we have to recognize in ourselves our own biases. And that is something that is extremely hard for a Jamaican person to do um, because we, we want to feel like we're right all the time. It's our, I always say this is our greatest asset and our greatest weakness. You know, is that pride thing that Greg talked about is push us to such a high level, but it also pushes us to a final point of overconfidence and in some ways complacency, you know. Um, so you know, just become a little bit more selfless um, in your thinking and and really juxtapose what you're thinking about against something else, you know, something that is the total opposite of the thought. And you will come to a place that is is more understanding, more balanced in, and more less emotional. And therefore, um, in some ways, a better decision for the child, you know, um, that, that is looking up to you. So you become a better version of yourself and you pass that on. You know, um, but it's, it's not it's not going to be an easy road. It's going to be a very effortful road. And that is something that, you know, the more and more we take that on to ourselves, 
and we can affect our children, then that's what the next generation is going to learn. So hopefully we can, you know, one or two will be inspired by the, the, the messages that have been sent here by both Greg, Andre, myself, and you are having the platform, Jerry, that is very, very powerful. And we can make these changes little by little because it's not going to happen overnight, but we know that once we stay the road, is very, it's a narrow road, but once we stay <laughs> yeah. the road, eventually we will get there and uh, hopefully we can be looking down from every month there and seeing it and smile. Absolutely. So well said. Well, let me just say this before we close. Um, you guys know the respect I have for you. You guys are younger than I am. I was able to watch you guys come up over the years. I had the good pleasure, you know, spending time with Wooly's dad. Um, never played for him, but just being around him and learning and soaking things up. You guys are an inspiration in and of yourself. Um, I just want to leave you guys with some words of encouragement. Just keep doing what you're doing. I know personally there are people watching from a distance, but you know the usual thing, it takes one to jump out there to say it, and I don't mind jumping out there to say it, that you guys are doing some amazing things. And as far as I'm concerned, you're doing the Lord's work. Um, and eventually, your efforts will be rewarded regardless of whatever obstacles that you have to face. So just keep the faith and keep doing what you're doing. You're not successful and, and what you guys are doing, no grandiose, no bright neon lights, but the lives that you're impacting, we see it and we sense it and more importantly, we feel it. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, the world is a better place for it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that believe it or not, that's an hour uh, we spent today with Wooly Harris, Gregory Simmons, and Andre Virtue, three of my former guests coming back today to share a little bit more on their passion for the sport of football, but more importantly, to talk to us a little bit more on their vision on how we can lift the sport even higher in our homeland of Jamaica. I hope something was shared here today that touches you in a certain way that you could get involved, reach out, and try to help the next generation that's coming behind us. Remember, this is Easy Sun, your life lessons on your journey to your purpose. Until next week, be safe and happy Thanksgiving. Take care.